the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. It's the man of steel. It's Superman. But in his Twitter handle, under the bio, it says, Former Buffalo Bill. He's a father, a filmmaker. He's into freedom and family. And I love this line. This is fabulous because this is so rare. He says, would never tweet anything I wouldn't say to your face. That's the way it should be. Welcome to America First, our very good buddy. He is, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Dean Kane. Dean, welcome aboard. Thank you, sir. More myth, really, than anything. Myth? <laughs> I like that. Okay, I can, I can run with that. In the, in, the, in the kind of twilight zone between myth and legend, how about that? Fair enough. I'll take it. Okay, can I talk about another actor first? Can I be really rude to Dean Cain? Of course, yeah, of course you can. Okay, are you excited? I just want to know, are you excited that James Woods is back on Twitter? Let me tell you, I celebrated that day because James Wood has James Woods has some of the funniest retorts and comebacks, and just an absolutely biting sense of humor. And it's wonderful to see that um, on Twitter because I think it's necessary to balance out some of the madness that goes on there. It was sad the day he said, "I've had enough. They've suspended me. I'm not coming back." Which was last year, not too long ago, maybe four or five months ago, and then just last week he came back, and wow! And at the same time. I found his show, Shark. If you haven't seen Shark, watch it. It's on Hulu. He plays this killer lawyer who becomes a prosecutor, and it is a fabulous show. But let's talk about you, Dean Kane. Dean Kane, is it true that you and a fellow Thesp are coming to the swamp to reprise a recent role in the theater? Yes, we are. We are going to wade through the swamp, and at CPAC, we are going to reprise our our play, uh, um, FBI Lovebirds Undercovers, um, which is the <laughs> verbatim text and congressional testimony of one Peter Strzok and the woman w- with whom he was having an affair, Miss Lisa Page. As and, married uh, individuals having an affair with each yeah. other. Little, little footnote there. Yeah, we're having <laughs> exactly, uh, and then uh, of course the, the all the text messages that they were um, exchanging with one another on their work phones, which so, of course it's um, you know for people dealing with national security and counter surveillance, counterintelligence, and things like this at the highest levels, you'd think they wouldn't do that. It's remarkable. It's a real sign of professionalism when you are the head of counterintelligence for the FBI and you're using your government phone to text the person you are having an affair with while you're married and she's married. Um, what, what, how many tweets, sorry, how many texts were there? There were tens of thousands, weren't there, Dean? Oh, 
Yeah, it's t- tens and tens of thousands. We've actually shortened the play from what we originally did because you know CPAC isn't exactly a place where you go and do plays. So it's it's uh, we shortened it down a little bit. We want to make it uh, fast and funny, uh, hit the high notes because there are so many things. It's just so interesting when you hear. The actual, you know, we've all been teenagers, and we've all, well, most of us have. You were always nine foot seven and a grown man, but <laughs> most of us were teenagers at one time. And I look at these texts, and it's, they sound like the texts of like junior high school, middle school kids, or high school kids in love, and it's a, and, and or having an affair, whatever they're doing. But even the way they talk to each other and the things they do, it's just you don't expect that these would be people at the highest levels of, of government, and especially the things they're saying about the the uh, the then. President, uh, presidential candidate Donald Trump, and then president-elect. And, and they're very and specific. Not just the president and president-elect, but also anybody who voted for him. There's that, that delightful text from Mr. Stroke where he says, I was in a Walmart in wherever it was, West Virginia or Tennessee, and I could... It was, sm- it was in Virginia. 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 I could smell the Trump voters. What a delightful man he must be. And, and did you see that recent tweet from Lisa Page... I did. Holding a glass of wine. Uh, what, what did her shirt say? Nasty woman or something childish like that. And she yeah, it was, I remember, forget exactly what it something was. Like it was that. Something to that effect. And she was saying cheers or congratulations to Andy McCabe last Friday because the DOJ wasn't going to prosecute him. That's the kind of mature attitude you'd expect from a DOJ lawyer, right, Dean Cain? Uh, yeah, that's certainly not the nonpartisan uh, professionalism that I would expect or hope for. Um, but you know, once you read these texts and these, situ- you know, these, then you listen to their congressional testimony. Um, I-, I know they were found not to have. Uh, there's nothing that was clearly, you know, affecting their behavior, the way they treated things. Yeah, right. I find that incredibly hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. But with their smoke, there's usually fire, and it just it shows the bias that they had, and it's crazy. You know, I, I would it, it would have been better if she had just stayed quiet and sort of just, you know. No, I, I think the more the more she shit. talks, the better. I think uh, uh, John Durham is pay, pay, paying attention to everything talk. she's saying. So the play is FBI Lovebirds Undercovers. It's mm-hmm. the stroke and page, te- page text that you are performing at CPAC next week with Christy Swanson. We love Christy Swanson. Follow her as well. Dean Kane, real Dean Kane on Twitter and Christy Swanson XO, XO on Twitter. Um, and this really is a play that's just made up of their text to each other, correct, Dean? Their text and their congressional and the, testimony. And the testimony. Not a word that we say is 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 fabricated. So I like to say that I'm playing Peter Strzok as written by Peter Strzok. Now, are you a method actor? Do you really get into <laughs> your parts? And if so, I need to ask you after you perform this play, which I know you performed here last year in D.C., do you have like a bleach shower? What do you do? Do you wash your eyeballs with bleach? What do you do after you play these people who really hate 63 million Americans. I just, I take a long, cold shower and I just cry. Wow. I just cry. <laughs> no, I'm certainly not a method actor, but I understand people, you know, you can, you can substitute anything you want in there, but it really does feel like they are 
pointing the finger at the 63 million and the whole the smelling the you know I could smell the Trump support. I mean, you know exactly what he's saying, and there's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, these guys are very elitist. They think that they knew better, and uh, I, I believe that what the, what they were doing was was trying to subvert the will of 63 million Americans and and do what they could to unseat a duly elected president. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's Dean Kane. You know him. He may be former Buffalo Bill, but for many, many people, millions, he will be forever the Superman from Lois and Clark. And if you want to get serious, one of his recent films was Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer, in which he played the detective, Detective James Woody Wood, that was on the case of that horrific, horrific mass murderer. Uh, Dean, uh, I I mentioned uh, who you are and, and the stance you take. I think it's let me go and check. Yeah, it's the pinned tweet at the top of your Twitter feed, a real Dean Kane. And it's a beautiful tweet that's been liked more than 40,000 times. It's, it's you with your son praying at the spot, at the spot uh, where our Lord Jesus was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. Uh, you, you, are, you, you don't bang people over the head about it. You're not doctrinaire. But anybody who knows you or follows you for just a couple of days knows that you're a man of faith and knows that you're a conservative. You believe in the founding principles of our republic. What is it like? I, I always ask people who, who work in media uh, in Hollywood, what, it, what is it like to, to have that identity on a day-to-day basis? What has it resulted in for Dean Kane the actor, and Dean Kane the man? You know, I think, well, for me, it's real simple because I know the things that I believe in and why I believe in them. I'm not going to try to make other people um, believe what I believe, but I will explain why I believe what I believe, and I won't be bashful about it. But, you know, for any, you know, to have that pinned tweet up there, um, you know, that's in the, the country of Jordan, and yes. there's a thing that I quote, a baptismsite.com, which talks about that being the baptism site of Jesus Christ. And for my son and I, my my a very good friend of mine is the, is one of the princes of Jordan, and I went to college with him, and oh, wow. he does control these sites and things. So we, we got to go down there in the place with him, and and, and spend a little time. You don't normally get to go down there, and that no. was pretty amazing for my son and I. Um, I raised him Christian. He went to a Christian uh, high school, and um, his values are very strong. His faith is very strong, and I, I don't talk about that um, over, you know, I don't beat anybody over the head with it, but, you know, it's seen as a negative thing. I mean, you look at someone like Chris Pratt, and Chris yes. Pratt, you know, they go after him for his belief in God and his and his his strong Judeo-Christian values, and it's a weird thing. And no, look, none of us are perfect. He's on his second marriage. You know, I had a child out of wedlock, things like that. But but we're respectful and, and and try to be moral human beings. And I have no problem putting that out there. But it's seen if you talk about faith a lot of the time, it's seen as a negative thing, which is really odd because I come from a football background, yes. and so many of the players that I played with were. Extremely Christian, um, and and that's a big part of uh, of their upbringing. So I find that odd that you know that 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 it's seen as a, as a as a negative thing, and I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think it should be seen as a negative thing. Um, it should be seen as as morals and values that someone um, um, should be they should be respected for it and left alone with it. But it shouldn't be seen as a negative thing. For some reason, it is in this industry, and uh, and that's just an odd thing. Um, look, we, we only have a minute with you. We, we know the end of the story. We've won. We, we're saved. I want to ask you in the 60 seconds, Dean Kane, 
Are we winning here on earth? If you look at what Dave Chappelle, Ricky Gervais, the pushback, do you think in the culture war, the good guys are in ascendance or is there still a lot of work to do? Oh, I think there's still a lot of work to do. But you named two of the guys that I thought were so funny and just hit it right in the head. Dave Chappelle and, and Ricky Gervais, their scathing takedowns of, of this um, PC culture, this uber outrage culture, is was amazing. And it's brave for men like that to stand up and say that, men, women, whatever. For people to stand up and say that, I think it's amazing. You're pushing back. You are actually, these are the people who are the true rebels of today. Today, you know, it's much more acceptable to go, oh, my gosh, uh, jump on the bandwagon with a 17-year-old girl from Sweden who, you know, yeah. who screamed, who's up for the Nobel Peace Prize. It's not brave to bash the president or to say that no. Trump voters in Walmart smell a certain way. That's not brave. That's being part of the mindless hive. We've been talking to my buddy, Dean Kane. You see him on Fox News. You see him hosting Fox and Friends. And if you're at CPAC next week, you'll see him performing FBI Lovebirds Undercovers. Keep doing what you do. Follow this man at Real Dean Kane. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. What do coronavirus and the national debt have in common? The answer is China. Due in part to secrecy and poor management in China, suddenly the world confronts a major pandemic. We're reminded how interconnected our world is and how vulnerable we are to China. Perhaps this is a reason to take the national debt more seriously. China owns approximately 5% of our debt, and some surprise there could have a major economic effect on the U.S. It could be the next housing bubble, and we're woefully unprepared. A recent report by the Congressional Budget Office says our debt will equal 98% of the nation's total economic output by 2030. President Trump promised to eliminate the deficit in eight years, but what we've seen is a nearly 50% increase. Let's tell Washington to take the debt seriously and beware a bad surprise. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for the public square. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.